KMTT and it's Tuesday today's shit will be given by Rav Yonatan Snobel this week we'll be examining Parshat Miketz it is extremely difficult to properly examine Parshat Miketz without truly examining the entire background and looking into Parshat Parshiot Vayeshev Miketz even into Vayigash to truly understand the story of uh, Yosef and his brothers, the reasons behind their actions, how they behaved in the ways that they did, and we will expand upon these questions as we go along. For this purpose, I would like to actually begin in Parshat Vayeshev to not understand the actions of the brothers, but if you will, be melamed schut on the actions of the brothers. Um, we typically, based on Chazal and even readings of certain psukim in the Tanakh, have the understanding that uh, Yosef was sold into slavery by his brothers. And uh, I would like to ask, this is not my uh, creation, of course, I would like to ask the question if that is true, in fact. Um, a careful read of the Psukim will show, and this is indeed the Rashbam's understanding, that the brothers did not sell Joseph. We know that Yehuda suggested that they should sell Joseph. If we look in Perak Lamazain, Pasuk Kavzain, Yehuda suggests to his brothers, Let us sell him to the Ishmaelim. However, the following pasuk, pasuk Kavchet, states, "Vayavru anashim midyanim socharim, vayimshachu vaylu et Yosef minabor, vayimkiru et Yosef leishmeilim beesrim kasef, vayaviu et Yosef mitzrayma." The following pasuk, pasuk Kavchet, describes that midyanim went by and saw Yosef in the bar, and they sold him to the Ishmaelim. There's no mention of the brothers in the pasuk. Rashi, of course explains that it means that the brothers sold him to the, to the Midianim, who subsequently sold him to the Ishmaelim. However, in the Pshat of the Psukim, this is not apparent. Furthermore, in Pasuk Haftet, we see that Reuven goes back to the boar and doesn't understand what happened to Yosef. Once again, Rashi explains that ya- Reuven was not there. Reuven went to be with uh, Yaakov, and he did not know that the brothers sold Yosef into slavery. However, the simple reading of the Psukim is that Reuven did not know what happened to Yosef, though he was there because the brothers actually did not sell Yosef into slavery. This might seem somewhat trivial, for it is clear, and I will certainly not argue with this, that the brothers are responsible for selling Yosef into slavery. Even if they did not actually sell him into slavery. However, I think if we take this opinion of the Rashbam, it will shed new light onto this parasha in general. Chazal in Kiddushin and other places in the Yerushalmi and Peah teach us that Machshavale Tova HaKadosh Baruch that is to say, if one had a thought of doing a good action, 
however, was unsuccessful in completing that action, Kadosh Baruch Hu treats it as if you did the action. You get credit for the thought as if you did the action. Assuming, of course, that the reason why one was not able to do the action was not because of a decision that was made, but because of extenuating circumstances. However, in contrast, If one had a bad thought, and then was unable to do it, Kadosh Baruch does not consider it as if the bad action was done. In other words, Kadosh Baruch is Dan Adam Lekafschut, and assumes that at the moment of the decision, whether to do the action or not, maybe the person would have not done the action, and therefore, Kadosh Baruch does not assume that the, the thought to do the bad action automatically means that the bad action would have done had there not been extenuating circumstances. I would like to, based on this Gemara, look back into the Psukim regarding Yosef and his brothers. Of course we know that the first suggestion that the brothers uh, uh, thought about regarding Yosef, the first suggestion they entertained was in Pasukaf, Ve'ata l'chu v'nahargehu v'nashlechehu be'achad haborot. Let us kill him and we'll throw him into one of the pits. The initial suggestion made by the brothers was to actually take Yosef and kill him with their own hands. Take a sword and kill him. And of course, we know to this, Reuven replied in Pasuk Kaf Aleph, Lo nakenu nafesh. Al dam, in Pasuk Kaf Bet. Reuven says, we'll not, we will not kill him with our own hands. We will throw him into the pit instead. The first thought that the brothers had regarding Yosef was to kill him. And this thought did not come true. Indeed, their bad thought, it was wise that Kadosh Baruch Hu was not Mitzar Falamaseh because they themselves did not decide to do that action. They could have killed Yosef, they did not kill Yosef. But what, did, what was the secondary plan? Let's not kill him with our own hands, we'll throw him into a pit, and we, will, we won't kill him with our own hands. In other words, the secondary thought was that they shouldn't kill him with their own hands, they should leave him to die in a pit. And as I say this, should be split into two. Ruvain, who suggested to throw Yosef into the pit, intended himself to save him. The other brothers, not knowing Ruven's thoughts, thought that they were killing him, they were not killing him with their own hands, but they were leaving him to die. Okay, we've already, maybe this is not much better, but this is already lowering at a level. The brothers initially wanted to kill him with their own hands, and now they want to leave him to die. Stage number two. And now we move into stage number three. Pasuk Vayomer Yehudai lechav, ma betza ki naroget achinu v'chisinu edamo. Lechu v'nimkarenu la'yishmeilim. Now they say, really, why should we even be responsible for his death? It's true we're not killing him with our own hands. It's true we're just leaving him to die, which is a lower level of responsibility for killing. But we're killing him, essentially, says Yehuda. Let's reject that also. Let's sell him into slavery. 
Okay, and in fact, the word slavery doesn't appear. Let's sell him to the Yishmaelim. Though slavery is clearly implied, but let's sell him to the Yishmaelim. All right, they've already now lowered their suggestions vis-a-vis Yosef to yet another level. Three times, twice already, to three different suggestions, have they lowered the level of their suggestion towards Yosef. They, they wanted to kill him, they didn't kill him, they wanted to leave him to die. They wanted to leave him to die, and then they say, no, let's not leave him to die, let's sell him. At this point, according to the interpretation based on the Rashbam that we are adopting for our purposes, they never got to do what they wanted to do. They never got to sell him. Before they came back to the pit, before Reuven returned to the pit in Pasuk Haftet and could not find Yosef, the Midianim came by, pulled Yosef out of the boar, heard him crying up, save me, save me, and they heard him, they pulled him out, and they sold him to the Ishmaelim. What would have happened had the brothers gotten to the pit first? Would they have actually sold him into slavery? We'll never know. However, from the pattern that developed in the parak, every time they made a suggestion to kill him, to leave him to die, they stopped, they got a hold of themselves. Just because at a moment of anger, one becomes hot-headed, one, makes, one thinks to make a rash decision. If the person, if the people involved with that thought pull themselves together and don't make the decision and stop, we don't hold them accountable for that bad thought. The brothers thought now to sell Yosef. And indeed, Yosef was sold. However, the Hashkacha didn't allow us to see what would have happened had the moment of truth come when they would have pulled Yosef out of the pit and tried to sell him into slavery, would they have actually gone ahead and done it? It's possible that not. And it is very possible that the pattern that had already started in the parak would have continued. And then when the, and when the brothers came to actually sell Yosef and do that evil deed, they would have held themselves together and they would have said, what are we doing? How can we sell our brother into slavery? Of course... On a practical level, this is all theoretical. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu had different ideas. And whether the brothers were going to sell Yosef or not, which, according to our interpretation, is left as an open question, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was going to have Yosef sold into slavery. And therefore, he did not leave it up to the brothers' decision, and Yosef was sold into slavery whether they liked it or not. This, of course, does not remove guilt from the brothers. Clearly, there's a level of responsibility. They feel a level of responsibility in what happened to Yosef. 
as we see later on in Sefer Bereshit, Chazal certainly attribute responsibility to them. Chazal, of course, think that they actually sold him. It's obvious that there is a responsibility for what happened to him. What we have just allowed ourselves to do is to see the brothers in a new angle and to question whether they would have actually been able to go through with the action of selling their brother into slavery had the opportunity actually come up. But as we said before, and this is where we move on to the second part of the story and where we move into Parshat Miketz, this week's Parshat Shavua, we move into Yosef's choices. Yosef, of course, as we see in the Parsha, rises out of the dust of the Beit HaSar, of the prison, to become second in command in Egyptian society. And he begins, in the second half of the Parsha, to deal again with his brothers. And the question that must be asked when learning the parshiot, Vayeshev Miketz Vayigash, is what is Yosef's motivations for his action? For his actions. What was he thinking? When he became the ruler, second in command in Egypt, why at that point did he not send away a letter to his father telling him, Father, I'm alive, I'm well. Come and visit me. This question has been dealt with, with two, by two of the major Tanakh scholars in our time in elaborate articles, in Rav Yol Binun, and Rav Yaakov Meidan. Rav Yol Binun rejects out of hand the possibility that Yosef wanted to fulfill the dreams, and that's why he did what he did. And this he says for two reasons. First of all, according to Rav Yol Binun, the dreams were fulfilled. The brothers came down to Egypt and bowed down to him when they came to get food the first time. And that's the first dream. The first dream is about it's talking about food. And they came down to Egypt and bowed down in front of him for food. And even the second dream, according to Rav Binun, came true as well. When the brothers came down the second time with Binyamin, so there we see 11 brothers bowing down to Yosef, and they also bowed on behalf of their father. They, they call Yaakov, Avdecha Avinu, your servant, our father, and they bow down on his behalf. So according to Rav Binun, first of all, the dreams came true. And yet we know that after the dreams came true, Yosef continues to play the game. He withholds Binyamin. He wants to take Binyamin as a slave. And continues to make his father suffer. Potentially make his father suffer. Why did Yosef do this? 
It wasn't for the dreams. Furthermore, and this is maybe the more moral claim behind Reviol Binun's idea, is that what right did Yosef have for the purpose of fulfilling his dreams to make his father suffer? Is the dream a command from God that the dreams must come true? That he is permitted to allow his father to suffer and to increase his father's suffering by holding back Shimon, by potentially holding back Binyamin, because he wants the dream to come true? In Perak Membet Pasuk Tet, when Yosef first meets his brothers back again in Mitzrayim, the Torah says the following, Vayiskor Yosef et hachalamot asher chalam lahem, Vayomer alehem miraglimatem, lirot et evrat haaretz batem. Pasuk states that Yosef remembered the dreams that he dreamt about his brothers, and then he says to them, you are spies, you have come to see the nakedness of the land. Some might use this pasuk to prove that you see Yosef is acting as he acted because of the dreams. But Orviol says, Orviol Binun says no. The pasuk in fact says the opposite. It says that at this point Yosef remembered his dreams. Yosef has been the ruler of Egypt at this point for eight, nine years. Seven years of, of plenty have gone by, and we've entered into the years of, of famine, and Yosef has not contacted his family all this time. And at this point, the Torah states, Vayiskor Yosef et achalamot. So, if at this point Yosef remembered his dreams, what motivated him for the first eight years of him being the ruler in Mitzrayim, seven, eight years, not to contact his father. Rav Yolbinun suggests the following suggestion, which truly fits into the ideas of Sefer Bereshit, as we've discussed in the past, in Parashat Toldot, I believe, when we discussed the idea of Kedem. Actually, it was in Parashat Chayesar, we discussed the idea of Kedem. This is not an idea which is only based on the word Kedem, but we discussed the idea that continuously, throughout Sefer Bereshit, there are there is the Klipa and the Garin, one of the sons, or part of the family, is the, the Gar'in, the part of the family that continues the Sharsheret, continues the Inyan Elohi, and part of the family, the Klipa, is rejected. In Cain, Cain is the rejected son, Shet is the son that continues B'Tselem Adama Rishon, in Noach's sons, Shem is the chosen son, Cham is the rejected son. In the time of Abraham, Lot is rejected, Ishmael 
and Bnei Keturah are rejected, and Yitzchak follows in Avram's path. And of course, Yaakov is chosen over Esav. Esav leaves to Edom, and Yaakov stays in Eretz Yisrael. He is the chosen son. At the point where Yosef is sold into slavery, at the age of 17, until he becomes the ruler of Egypt at the age of 30, Yosef has been working in Potiphar's house for many years. He's been in prison for many years. What does Yosef understand of what transpired over all these years? Seeing the pattern that we see in Sefer Bereshit of the rejected son, of the chosen son, Yosef doesn't know that his father thinks he's dead. Yosef wasn't there at home. Yosef doesn't see his coat dipped in blood, presented before his father. All he knows is that his brothers took him, threw him into a pit. Maybe even Yosef thinks that his brothers indeed sold him into slavery. He was at the bottom of a pit, for all he knows. When the Midianim pulled him up, even according to the Rashbam's opinion that the brothers didn't actually sell Yosef, Yosef doesn't necessarily know this. Yosef thinks his brothers sold him. His father sent him from Hebron to Shechem. And where did he end up? He ended up sold into Mitzrayim, in Egypt. As far as Yosef is concerned, his father, maybe even reluctantly, decided to side with his brothers and to reject him from the family. Why didn't, why didn't Yaakov Avinu, a wealthy man with many means, ever go look for him? Was there no way of asking, looking, investigating? Yosef concluded, in fact, according to Rav Yol Binun, that the whole family, including his father, this is a conclusion of 13 years of not being spoken to, he concluded that indeed he was the rejected son. He followed in the footsteps of Esav, of Yishmael, of Lot, and he was not part of the family anymore. And therefore, he was not contacting his family. When does he understand that this is not true? According to Rav Binun, in the beginning of Parshat Vayigash, when Yehuda fights for the freedom of Binyamin, Yehuda says in Perak Mem Dalad, Pasuk Kafchet, regarding Yosef, At that moment, when Yehuda says that Yaakov believes that that one son that disappeared, Yosef, was killed, Yosef understands, and now he's already 39, 
that the 13 and 9 years, 22 years that he was out of the house, his father did not reject him, his father rather thought he was dead. And at this moment, Yosef shows himself and he admits who he is. Why then did he do all these tricks with the brothers? Because he wanted Binyamin, the one brother who is his brother from both his father and mother, to tell him what had happened over all these years. But once Yehuda already told him that he was not the rejected brother, that in fact his father thought he was dead, he understood that the 22 years of thinking that he was rejected was incorrect. Rav Yaakov Meidan disagrees with Rav Yolbinun. Rav Yaakov Meidan believes that Yosef was indeed aiming to fulfill the dreams, but more than fulfilling the dreams, and indeed he agrees that there is no purpose in fulfilling the dreams for the sake of fulfilling the dreams, Rav Yaakov Meidan believes that Yosef was trying to correct the sins of his brothers. The dreams told Yosef that he was the leader. The details of the dreams weren't important. In fact, indeed, maybe the dreams were, were already fulfilled far before the whole story was bringing back Binyamin. Yosef understood from the dreams that the main point of the dream was to act upon the dream. He was the leader. And he needed to fix the problems of the brothers. And the brothers, in their hatred towards him, either sold him into slavery, or, according to, according to the classic approach, or, according to the Rashbam that we discussed at the beginning, caused the situation in which he was sold into slavery. And he knew that he had to correct this. And yes, indeed, he was trying to fulfill his dream of being the leader by correcting the sins of B'nai Israel. Yosef knew that everybody was part of B'nai Israel, that all 12 of the brothers were part of B'nai Israel. There was no rejected son. But in order for this to work, he knew that the brothers had to correct their ways. He brought them back with Binyamin to test them. And yes, according to Rav Meidan, it was his right and responsibility as the leader to maybe even cause his father pain by taking Binyamin away and causing the brothers to fight for Binyamin and to show that even the brother of Rachel, the son of Rachel, like Yosef, Binyamin, was part of the family. And this was the tshuva that Yosef wanted to see to, to correct his brothers. For they, when they sold him or caused his selling into slavery, rejected B'nai Rachel and sent him away. For them to correct that, it wasn't enough for them to feel bad for what they did, which they had already expressed in front of Yosef, they had to correct this terrible, terrible sin by not only showing remorse, but being willing to fight for Binyamin. According to Rav Yaakov Meidan, 
when, not when, he, what the turning point in Yehuda's speech at the beginning of Parshat Vayigash is not when Yosef finds out that his father thought he was dead. It was when Yehuda says in Perak Mem Dalad, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, Ve'ata yeshevna avdecha tachat hanar eved l'adoni ve'hanar ya'ali mechav. When Yehuda says, no, Binyamin will not be a slave like his brother Yosef. I will be a slave instead of him. Yosef sees this as the tikkun, the correction of the sin. This is the place of tshuva. And at this point, Yosef stops the game. He admits who he is and he reveals himself. In conclusion, we see two opinions. By the way, both articles have been written extensively and can be found in Megadim. Rav Yol's article was written first. Rav Yaakov Meidan's article was written against Rav Yol Binun's opinion. Rav Yol Binun believes that Yosef did not contact his father because he did not. He thought that he was the rejected son, and only when he found out he was not rejected, he was able to reveal himself again. Rav Yaakov Meidan sees Yosef. As yes, someone who is fulfilling his dreams, taking leadership over the family, correcting the sins of his brothers by bringing them to fix the sin that they sinned against B'nai Rachel when they sold or caused the selling of one of B'nai Rachel into slavery. They corrected that. Yehuda corrected that. Yehuda, the same brother who suggested to sell Yosef into slavery by offering himself into slavery instead of Binyamin, the other son of Rachel.